You're listening to God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. Bringing hope and comfort through the Christian testimony. Session 37. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. And here we are, Session 37. Yes, we are. And I think we uh, tabulated that we're only a couple weeks away from one year doing this. I know it. That's crazy, too, because I was looking at the numbers the other day, and was it 29 countries now? 28. 28? Mm -hmm. 28 countries. Wow. Man, and... You didn't see that coming. No. No sure didn't god's just blowing it up and we couldn't be happier because people out there are hopefully getting touched and and helped and healed and mm-hmm. just radical all from our little studio here in claremont florida in claremont florida yes coming to you live from the round table <laughs> claremont that's, florida that's no longer taking place in the kitchen that's right it's the living room the show used to be out of a kitchen Literally. But now we're in stereo. Stereo. Don't know if you could tell any difference, but yes, we are now in stereo. Very cool. God has been good to us. Right, he has. Yes. And I think it's, you know, we look at those numbers, and they're going back all the way to 1 and 2 and 3 and up to 10, and they're downloading those just as much as they are the other ones on a weekly and monthly basis. It's just amazing. I know yeah. that's really encouraging that that that's happening because you know the people aren't just listening to the most current one and then they they quit you know people are are going all the way back like you said to to number one you tell people how they can get in touch with us if you're moved by something that you hear you can get in touch with us by, Go ahead, Trish. <laughs> by emailing god stories radio at gmail.com uh, we also have a spot on our website at godstoriesradio.com where you can uh, put a prayer request out and we can share that with listeners and uh, join in prayer with you, stand by you. And you can tweet us. Yep. Tweet us on the Facebook. Can't twit in stereo, though. No? No. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Well, you will. <laughs> I most certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right, so Trish, uh, you came across this uh, testimony we're going to have tonight. Yes, um, actually it is Sheila Ray Charles. She is the daughter of Ray Charles. The Ray Charles? The Ray Charles. I hear she sings as well as her father. Yes, she does. And um, they have a program at the First United Methodist Church here in Claremont. It's called Celebrate Recovery. And, you know, I just heard the other day that uh, the Warrens, I could be wrong on this, but I heard that the Warrens had started Celebrate Recovery. And I didn't know that. They're the ones who their son just passed away recently from, I think he had depression. People were talking about how they've changed so many lives. 
So yeah, Rick Warren, he wrote that book, um, The Purpose Driven Life. My understanding is that he and his wife started um, Celebrate Recovery. So to come around full circle, Sheila Ray um, shared during Celebrate Recovery at the First United Methodist Church here in Claremont. And we have her, it's pre-recorded, but it's very good. And I hope that you'll give it a listen. And I appreciate those guys sending it over. Yes, thanks to uh, Pastor Dawn Fryman, and she's actually going to be giving her testimony here in a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah, it'll be exciting. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm really getting excited about the guest list. I've always been excited about our guest list because God always brings them. But they're coming from different directions now. They certainly are. Well, listen, hang on and strap in. Here comes Sheila Ray Charles. But I was preparing for tonight, and the Lord has given me a new word for this season. And I was prepared for that word and prepared to do that. And as the room began to fill, the Lord began to deal with my heart. And he gave me a word in this past season that he said, Sheila, there's just some people that still need to hear this word that I've given you because it all ties in together. Anyway, it's a continual thread that God keeps threading through my life, the word that he has given me to show my testimony. Because I always pray, God, give me a word. I want to be on fire, Father God. I want a fresh anointing, a fresh wind, because I've got fresh new people that I'm speaking to. Amen? So I want the fire to be fresh and new. And God said, Sheila, if you are just available to my Holy Spirit, it will be a fresh wind. Amen? So I said, God, you know, I I prayed to the Lord when I began to minister, when I began to come out, because trust me, you would never, ever see me speak or talk in front of people. God did this, and now I can't shut up. That's why I know it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. But I said, God, show me, lead me and guide me with the word that you want me to give your people, not only to give your people and know that it's my testimony, but a word that they can back up in scripture and a word that will be anointed with the Holy Spirit. That'll be a yoke breaking, hallelujah, delivering word unto your people. And God, I prayed this prayer. It was about three o'clock in the morning, sis, and the Lord woke me back up at 430. Do you ever pray, God, why? I said, God, why you wake me up at these ungodly times? I mean, well, why do you wake me up at these early hours in the morning? God said, because I want the first fruit of your mind. I don't want you thinking about nothing else but me when I'm bringing the word. Amen. And God woke me up and he said, thinking of, speaking of, of thinking, God said, Sheila, I want you to tell my people that they got to stop what they're thinking because it's thinking. I said, what? Stop what they're thinking because it's thinking. God said, yes, so a man thinketh, so is he. He said, tell them their thoughts are not my thoughts and their ways are not my ways. And if they no longer want to be conformed to the world that they're living in, they've got to be transformed by renewing their, hallelujah. God wants us to begin to think as he thinks. He wants us to begin to move as he moves. And some of y'all are going like, well, we can't think like God because we're not God. God is God all by himself. But we'll get to that later. Amen. God should tell them, stop what they're thinking because it's thinking. If they want to grow, they've got to let go. I said, what? Let go of what, Lord? What do you want my people to let go of? 
what do you want me to let go of? Because, you know, you know when God's talking to you. You get that thing up in the back of your neck. I got that thing going up the back of my neck. I knew God was talking to me. God said, yes, tell my people they've got to let go of hurts, habits, hang-ups, and hook-ups. Yeah, I said it. Some of y'all right now need to raise some of them numbers in your cell phone. Yeah, sure do. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. You know who I'm talking about. God said you've got to let go of hurts, habits, hang-ups, and hookups. And hookups because those hookups in your life, they sometimes can't go with you to the next level of your salvation. They can't go with you to the next level of your ministry. They are soul ties that God doesn't want you to have. And sometimes them hookups ain't what you think. And I said, well, God. I know you can't be talking to me because I'm I don't get hooked up. I was married now. Amen. God said, for you, Sheila, I'm not talking about that kind of hookup. I'm talking about that homeboy, that family member, that person in your life from your past that you try to keep involved in your life, and they're not ready to go where I'm trying to send you. As a matter of fact, they are keeping you from being able to move forward. Because they can't go where I'm going to send you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And it hurt me because I knew there's some people that I love. You know, you want to take everybody with you. The more success you got, you want to take the people you love with you. I like to take everybody with me. Everybody. Because I love them and I want them to experience. But they are holding on to habits and hang-ups and hook-ups themselves that will cause you to fall. God said, if you want to grow, you've got to let go. I said, Lord, I hear you. Is there anything else? God said, yes, if you want to live, you've got to die. I said, what? I don't want to die, darn. I just started to live. I just got my life back. God said, I'm not talking about that kind of dying. If you want to live, you've got to die to those hurts, habits, hang-ups, and hook-ups because they are devoted unto destruction in your life. If you want to live, you've got to die to those things devoted unto destruction. I said, well, God... Show me, Lord, if, if you want me to go around your, the world and speak to your children and your people and tell them, stop what they're thinking because it's thinking. I said, I don't want to go around and tell these things. I said, it sounds like something that I would make up. It sounds like some, you know, it sounds very human. Amen? Because, you know, we're always expecting God to sound like the Father in a heaven said... I didn't want to come and tell this. I said, God, you've got to show me. Honey, will you please bring me some tissues? You've got to show me in your word that this, what you are telling me, hallelujah, sis, thank you, is a message from you. Immediately, the Lord had me go to the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul is talking to the Corinthians. Sis, it blew my mind blew my mind. If you don't think that God is the word and he shall do with it what he pleases, just pray for him to show you. He led me to 1 Corinthians. Paul's talking to the Corinthians in second chapter and he said, for I did not come to you with eloquent words or superior wisdom of man. I hit the floor. 
But I'm coming to you with a demonstration of the power and the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And it blew my mind because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm coming to you with the spirit and the power of God. Because I wouldn't be standing here before you if God hadn't done a miracle in my life. If he hadn't empowered me. Matter of fact, Acts 8, 1, 1 and 8 says, for when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be empowered to minister my word to the ends of the earth. Amen. So I know this is not by my might, not by my power, but by the power of the spirit of the Lord that I'm standing here before you. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, God, I don't have to speak eloquently. I don't have to have the longest dictionary in the world to minister your word. He said, I will give you the increase. I need your obedience and your availability to my ability to do what I've called you to do. Amen. I was so blown away. I said, well, God, then show me, Lord. Show me what about these hookups? How do I tell people about the hookups in their lives? How do, and he immediately led me to the book of Joshua. Anybody remember the story of Joshua? Joshua was bad. Come on, y'all. He won the battle of Jericho. The walls came tumbling down because he had the anointing of God upon him. He had the anointing of God upon him. And when God gave him the anointing to go, march around Jericho and give a shout and blow the horns and the walls came tumbling down. And then he said, go in and destroy everything and do not, do not hold on to things devoted. Blew my mind. I'm reading the story. And it blew my mind. And the more I read it, the more I could not believe the God that I served. Why is he so mindful of me that he would care so enough to even reveal himself in the way that he does to me? A filthy, nasty rag like me. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Joshua won the battle of Jericho and he began to be prepared to go into the next battle, into the land of Ai. And as he got prepared to go into the land of Ai, he sent some of his homeboys hookups in the camp. Stay with me to go see what's happening in the land of Ai. So they creep up on the hill. And they look down upon the hill in the land of Ai. And as they looked down and they saw the people his homeboys, his hookups in the camp assess the situation and they go back to Joshua already now your homeboy stay with me, going back to Joshua giving him what? A false report listen dude, all you've got to do is gather a few of our army a couple thousand men and we can go up in there and we got this already bringing Joshua a false report how many times have you been doing good in your life? You know, my Celebrate Recovery people, listen to me. You're doing good. You're celebrating recovery. You're coming to your meetings all the time. And you got this hookup in your camp. Already coming to you, bringing your false reports. Girl, you know you ain't got to go to Celebrate Recovery. What you going there for? Just come hang out with me tonight. You ain't got to drink. I got some homeboys coming over. I got some cutie pies coming. But don't worry. We ain't going to do nothing. You'll be all right. Already giving you a false report trying to steer you away from the will of God in your life. 
They come back to Joshua and say, Joshua, oh, just gather two, three thousand of the army and we're going to go in and win this battle. His homeboys, hookups in the camp. So Joshua said, cool. He gathers up two, three thousand of the men. They go into the land of Ai. They get the boxing. What? Throwing slingshots. The Bible says that the, that, that the, uh, the army of Ai took Joshua's army and they backed them down. They backed down the army of Joshua and they killed 36 of Joshua's men. 36. Stay with me. The Bible says the people's hearts began to be like water. Their hearts were like water. They melted. They were so sad. They were depressed. How many times have you had that feeling? You're doing what is going on, but you, you, you got this battle in your life, this one thing in your life that you can't seem to win. And every time you come up against it, you lose the battle. And then your heart gets distraught. And then guess what they did? They said their hearts became like water and they cried out to God. God, why? Why would you do that? They, the Bible said Joshua got so upset, he ripped his clothes and threw himself down on the ground. Really? ripped his clothes off himself, threw himself down on the ground and cried out, Lord God, why have you allowed us to lose this battle? Why have you done this to me? What will my people think of you? God said, I don't care what they think about me. I'm God and I'm God all by myself. I know who I am. I got this. I got this. But it's so funny how we do that. We get on a roll and then when we do or doing things that are oh, disobedient to God, whether we know it or not, and then we wonder, why is God doing this? Instead of saying, what am I doing? Why are you doing this? We want to blame God. Instead of checking ourselves. Because see, Joshua had the anointing of God. God has given me anointing. God has given you anointing. And it is your responsibility to protect that anointing with every weapon you have in the spiritual realm. It is your. It was Joshua's responsibility to check his homeboys in the camp. Because God said, Joshua, you want to know why you have lost this battle? You want to know what's going on? You need to call in your troops. Man by man, one by one, and call in your homeboys, your hookups, and find out who is holding on to things devoted. For they have surely become things of destruction. Oh, yes, he did. Joshua got up off the ground. And he was obedient to God because that was Joshua's heart to do the will of the Father. And he called in the troops one by one. He called in the army man by man. Hookup by hookup. The Bible says that Joshua called the men and all of a sudden, when it came to Joshua's, stay with me, this is so important. 
when it came to Joshua's own tribe, his own people, his closest hookup, his homeboy. The Bible said that Joshua looked at Achan and said, Achan, my son. What? Achan, my son. Achan, my son. What have you done? There is a reason why Jesus said that our father will separate you from your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. Anybody who is not doing the will of the, of the Lord. There's a reason why he said that. The Bible said, Joshua said, Achan, my son, what have you done? And Achan said, well, I, it was so beautiful. I, I held on to the robes and the gems and the gold and the jewels. And it, it was so, I, I had to, and I buried them with my own stuff. He buried them with his own, stay with me, that is an important key. He buried those things devoted unto destruction with his own things. Guess what can't coexist? The Holy Spirit and things devoted unto destruction. They cannot coexist. The light does not understand the dark. They will not, cannot, shall not coexist. So the Bible says that the people stoned Achan to death. They stoned him to death. They stoned Achan down till he was dead. I said, God, what are you saying that we're going to die? God said, no, thank God, I sent Jesus to die for your sin, to die so that you will not be stoned, but you will be restored if you trust in him and let go of those things devoted unto destruction in your life. I said, well, God, how does that reflect upon my testimony? How does that come together with what happened to me? How does that work, Lord, with my life? <clears throat> and God said, Sheila, don't you not remember? Do you not remember how it was back then in 1998 when you had lied your way, cheated your way, hooked your way, smoked your way, crooked your way, manipulated your way? Did I say lie, Mama? That's important because the devil is the author of lies, the author of destruction, all the way to a 22-year plus crack cocaine addiction. Those things devoted unto destruction in my life had taken over. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I had to smoke crack 24-7. It didn't matter what, what was happening in my life. As long as I was high, I could deal with those things devoted unto destruction. So now I've got 22 years out on crack cocaine. 
Inside of my 22 year crack cocaine addiction, I have five children by four different men. Why? Because I have that disease called any man will do disease. That thing devoted, oh come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. And I wanna tell anybody, I want you to understand God has called me to be transparent. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So if you're a, you know, kind of sensitive person, you might not want to stick around. God has called me to be bold as a lion and to be transparent in my story because somebody needs to know the depth of hell that he brought me out of. Hallelujah. I have that any man will do disease. I have that man that if I, if, 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 if I didn't have a man, I wasn't somebody. If I didn't have a man, I wasn't whole. If I didn't have somebody in my life that just said, baby, I love you. Come on now. Didn't matter how he treated me. Didn't matter how it was. Didn't matter who he was. I just had to have somebody to validate me. People used to tell you, oh, you ain't got a man, what's wrong with you? I ain't got no, no man who wants you, what's up? What you got the cooties, you got, what's wrong with you? Nobody wants you. So I found myself in this spiral, downhill spiral of trying to pick all these men that were devoted unto destruction in my life. Trying to find something to surpass the pain, something to fulfill the pain, something to deliver me from the pain. So now I've got my five children by four different men. Three of my children are born crack cocaine addicted. I have a son that's born 14 ounces. He was. I could hold him in my hand, sister, and his foot would be here and his head would be here. They would put my hand in a glove and let me put my hand inside that incubator and I would hold my son, those things devoted unto destruction. I couldn't even stop smoking crack while I was pregnant with my children. I couldn't stop because if I stopped the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain was destroying me. The abandonment was destroying me. The resentment was destroying me. The sexual abuse was destroying me. I couldn't stop. Now I've got my children, crack cocaine addicted. I wind up in federal prison, not once, not twice, but three times. By the time I get to federal prison the third time, my brother, everything in my life was destroyed. All five of my kids were in foster care, lost custody of every single one of them. My singing career, Oh, I had a great singing career. I was hanging out with the DeBarges on tour, hanging out with Prince, Janet, and Michael Jackson. Anybody who was somebody in the industry wanted to be around me. You know why? Because I'm rock and roll royalty. Blows my mind. People come up and say, can I just touch you? I say, oh, that's kind of freaky, ain't it? Well, you're rock and roll royalty. Can I touch you? Can I tell you about Jesus? No! Uh-uh, I ain't trying to hear about Jesus. Oh, Lord, here she go with that holy roller stuff. Wow. You don't want to hear about Jesus who can save your life, give you eternal life, but you want to hear about a man who couldn't save me. Ray Charles with all his money, with all his fame, with all his fortune, he couldn't save me. He couldn't reach down to the pit of hell and pull me out. Matter of fact, when I was warned by the FBI, the CIA, ATF, at and Sprint, all of them, baby. 
Ray Charles wouldn't even accept the collect call from me. But when I called on the name of Jesus, somebody knows what I'm talking about. I'm in federal prison for the third time and everything in my life is gone. My career is over. Matter of fact, I can't even sing. I smoke so much crack, brother, I sound like this. My voice ain't made know what I'm talking about. You smoke crack every day, every day, every day. You start to sound something like this. That's why it used to hurt my feelings so bad when Whitney would do those interviews. Those things devoted unto destruction. That beautiful child of God devoted unto destruction. Hallelujah, Lord. By the time I got to federal prison the third time, my mama dead, my kids are gone, my daddy's not speaking to me, my career is over, my life is in the pit of hell, and there's no way out. Those things devoted unto destruction have taken over my life, and there's no help, no hope, nothing left for me. Nothing left. And how many of you know that when you're down, the devil was going to come and kick you all up in your head? Am I the only one who did that to you? He tries it now. I got something for him. <laughs> the devil will kick you when you're down. And here he comes, 3 o'clock in the morning. Look at you. You're a nasty, filthy, lying, cheating crackhead, you done killed your mama, your kids are gone, you ain't never gonna have nothing, ain't never gonna be nothing, Ray Charles don't want you no more, you're a liar, you're a thief, you're a homeless, you're a thief, I'm felon, and your life is never gonna amount to anything. You should be dead. Oh my God, I started tossing and turning and tossing and turning in my bed and boom, I hit the floor. And when I hit the concrete floor of that prison cell, every single thing that had been done to me in the dark started playing in my mind. All the sexual abuse I experienced, all the nights when I wished my daddy wasn't there, all the nights I saw my mother drunk and passed out on the floor while bad things were happening to me in the middle of the night. Everything that I did, all the lies that I stole, all the, all the, all the lies that I told, all the things that I stole and everything that I did started playing in my mind, started playing in my mind. And I lied there, brother, and I tried to think. You know, they say the devil is the liar, he's the author of lies, he, he is the author of lies, isn't he? So there's gotta be something that he's saying about me that's not true. There's got to be something about my life that isn't really what he's saying. I mean, there's got to be some hope. There's got to be something about me. That's right. And I lied on that floor and I tried to think, is there anything? And let me tell you something. If the devil is the author of lies, you have reached the pit of hell when he's telling you the truth about yourself. I couldn't find any lie in what he was saying. I couldn't find any lies in how he was accusing me. I couldn't find anything that wasn't true. Those things devoted unto destruction had taken over my life and I had become everything that the devil said I was. 
I was a mother who abandoned all her children. I left my mother on her deathbed. My mother, who had lung cancer that went to her brain. When she needed me, I was crawling around on the floor at the crack house, picking up kitty litter and lint and plaster and smoking it. I was at the crack house. I was in prison. I was in jail. I wasn't with my mom when my babies were running behind me. Mommy, mommy, where are you going? Why are you leaving us? Why are you leaving us again? And those things devoted to destruction of killing things, they're in my heart and I can't, I can't look back. I've got to get to the crack house. I've got to get to the pipe. I've got, and I can't even look at my children. I can't even look at my children. I lied on that floor and I realized that I had nothing to live for. I realized that I was everything that Satan said I was, and guess what, I did deserve to die. So I said, God, if you're God and you're real, you'll take me from this planet. Because I'd rather not be here than to spend one more year going in and out and in and out and in and out of prison. I'd rather not be here than to wonder what foster care are my children in. I'd rather not be here than to wonder, will I ever be normal again? Will I ever, ever? Will my mama forgive me? She couldn't tell me. The lung cancer had went to her brain. She couldn't talk. She couldn't walk. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God's still working it out on me. Hallelujah. She couldn't tell me, will my father ever forgive me? Will I ever see my babies again? Will I ever see my children again? God, if you're real, you'll take me from this planet because I'm not going to live this life of hell that I've put myself in. And yes, I did it. I realize now that it was me. I did it. I did it. I did it. And if I have to live in this life, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. If you're God and you're real, take me. And all of a sudden, something happened. Hallelujah, Lord. Something happened. The ceiling started talking back. That's pretty scary when you've smoked crack for 20 years. You think you've beamed up one too many times. One too many crack hits when the ceiling starts talking back. And the voice of God came in that room. You think I talk loud. And it was a room, it was a voice that shook the room. I had never heard it before. That's why I know that it was God. That's why I know to this day, to this day, it, I still, why is he so mindful of me? Why are you so mindful of me? And the voice filled the room and it said, Sheila, if you want to die to this life, I can save you. I've got you. Matter of fact, it's already done. It's already done. 
He reminded me, he said, Sheila, you did one good thing when you were a teenager, girl, only one. Thank God. He said, you got saved. You got saved. And I've been waiting for you to call on my name. He reminded me of the nights when they would come into the crack house and they would shoot up everybody in there and I would be leave this left there shaking in my boots wondering why I'm still standing. He reminded me of why I got thrown out of the van of the dope man's van and left out in the wilderness and a car came by right after that and picked me up out of nowhere. He reminded me that he so loved me that he sent his son just for me. And he said, Sheila, if you want to die to this life, I've got you. But there's a requirement. Requirement, requirement, requirement. I said, what? A requirement? I'm a three-time felon laying on the concrete floor of federal prison. What could I possibly give you that would be acceptable in thy sight? What could I possibly give you that you would want in exchange for this life of hell that I created? Then I got scared because when God was saying there was something that I needed to give him, I knew that I didn't have anything good enough. I'm a sinner. I left my children, I left my mama, I lied, I cheated, I stole, I did everything wrong. What could I possibly give God? And then here come the devil. Yeah, what could you give him? You ain't got nothing to give him. That's not even God talking to you. You think you're crazy, you're going nuts. This ain't him speaking to you. God don't want nothing to do with you. He's never going to have you. You're never going to go to heaven. You're going to burn. Don't you remember? God reminded me, no, Satan reminded me that God does not love sinners. He reminded me of that old school Helen Brimfire church I went to. Anybody know about them? The Helen Brimfire church is everything you do, you're going to hell. You can't do nothing right. You jaywalk, you're going to hell. You look cross-eyed, you're going to hell. You drink and smoke, Get over it. You're going to a place worse than hell. I had one of them pastors used to come up in the church. <laughs> you better not come up in here. <laughs> Lest your minds are right. <laughs> and you're living good. <laughs> and you better be holy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not making fun of this is what they knew. This is what they had to offer me. It didn't work for me. For some people, I believe they're in heaven because of that teaching. For me, it caused a fear of God that I never wanted to be in the presence of God. What would I want to be in the presence of everything I did? I was going to hell. I never had an inclination to, to run to a church when I was out in the streets, homeless, helpless, and hungry. Matter of fact, if I got close to a church, I'd run to the other side because if I got too close, I knew I was going to get struck down by lightning. For real, for real. I grew up believing that only good people <clears throat> that went to church on Sunday and they went to Bible study on Wednesday night and they cooked cookies at the bake-off 
And they were them people that stand at the door and let you in. They were elders. But they weren't crackheads. And they weren't thieves. And they weren't liars. And they weren't mothers that abandoned their children. And they weren't hopeless and helpless and reckless and loveless. They weren't me. I'm never going to make it into the presence of God. So I lied on the floor and I really went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, those things devoted unto destruction in my life. Have you ever asked yourself, I, when the Lord gave me this word, he said, Sheila, do you ever wonder why that I said in my word that the devil is here to rob, kill, and have anybody ever asked you ever asked yourself that? Why isn't it good enough for him to just rob and kill you? Once you're killed, I mean you're dead. Why does he want to completely destroy you? God said, I'm going to tell you why. Because the devil knows the word better than you do. He knows the word and my word says, for I know the plans that I have for you and they are plans of good and not of destruction so that you can have a hope and a future. And he wants to destroy you before you can get to it. He wants to destroy you before you can get to the other side. He was trying to kill me before I could get to be the woman of God that he created me to be before the foundation of the earth. God came back out that ceiling as I lied on that floor in utter craziness and weariness and unworthiness. And all of a sudden, he began to speak to me. But this time, when he came back, sis, he wasn't a voice out here. God's voice wasn't out here in the room. His voice, my brother, was inside of me. Hallelujah, Lord. Have your way, Father. His voice was inside of me. God, the Holy Spirit was inside of me and he was loving on me and he was forgiving me and he was telling me that I so love the world that I gave my son just for you. You've got to stop your stinking thinking. Because your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways, Sheila. First thing you got to do is stop your stinking thinking. So a man thinketh, so is he. He said, stop thinking you're a crackhead. Stop thinking that you're used up and abused up. Stop thinking that nobody loves you. Stop thinking that it's over for you. Stop thinking that I'm never going to do anything with your life. Stop thinking that it's over. Stop thinking you went too far. Stop thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking. You stop thinking and be transformed by renewing your mind. I said, how do I renew my mind? He said, get to know me. Get to know who I am. Get in the word because my word is alive and my word cannot come back void. Get to know me in my word. I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sheila, if you want to die to this life, you've got to let go. Let go of those things devoted unto destruction in your life. You've got to let go of all that pain. 
And God said, I'm not talking about that surface pain. That stub your toe pain or bump your head pain. God said, I want that old school pain. That old school, old school, old school buried deep down into your gut pain that when you were a little girl and little boy, I'm talking to somebody. The Lord is talking to somebody right now. God said, I want your pain. And I want that pain that never got validated when you were a child. That pain that every time you say bad things are happening to me, I'm hurting. And, and they said, what you mean you're hurting? What you crying for? Shut up while you're crying. Go to your room. I ain't trying to hear that. Don't, and matter of fact, don't you come out your room till you're done crying. Matter of fact, keep crying. I'm going to give you something to cry about. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Hallelujah, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. God said, I want that pain that when you stood there as a little girl and a little boy and you're looking up to them because you want them to just tell you it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. But instead, they don't. So you... And you push the pain down. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. You push the pain down. And Satan will utilize that pain that you push down to come back into anger, into anxiety, into depression, into promiscuity, homosexuality. He will use that pain to have you beat your wife and come to church on Sunday and act like nothing happened. He will use that pain to have you beat your kids a little bit too long. He will use it for his destruction. God said that when you give me your pain, give me all that shame you're carrying around. That shame that somebody told you. Look at you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Running around here late at night with them short skirts on and them tight Jordache jeans. Anybody remember Jordache jeans? Oh, I'm not alone. Remember, you weren't, they weren't tight enough unless you had to lay down on the bed to zip them up. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And then you're walking like this. But I'm cute. I got the Jordache sign. Got the Jordache, you know, blazing on the back. Like some jeans made you somebody. Another thing devoted on destruction. How can a pair of jeans make you somebody? You go around teasing people. You got the Kmart jeans on. I got the Jordache on. Mine was stolen, so. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Hallelujah, Lord. God said, give me your shame. Somebody told you, you ought to be ashamed of you. Matter of fact, you need to come to church. Even God's ashamed of you. But Jesus loves you. I'm confused. I got one foot in the church and one foot in the street. Jesus loved me as a shame. He loved me as a shame. Jesus loved me as a shame. God said it's a lie from the pit of hell. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said even if your heart condemns you, I'm greater than your heart. Give me your shame because my son took it on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Don't even belong to you. Give it to me. Give it to me. Somebody's laying it down tonight. Somebody's laying it down tonight. Then he said, when you give me your pain and your shame, I want all your secrets. What? I'm an OG, baby. I don't give up no secrets. You know, I've been spent 20 years out in the streets. We don't talk about stuff. You stuff, talk about stuff, that can get you in trouble. And get your life ended. I'm not telling you my secret. What secret?
God said, I want the secret that keeps your lips at the other end of that pipe. I want that secret. Hallelujah, Lord, I hear you, Father. God said, I want that secret that keeps your lips at the other end of that pipe. God said, I want that secret that has you questioning your sexuality. God said, I want that secret that is devoted to killing you. It's devoted to killing you. God said, I want that secret that you can't live with. Hallelujah, Lord. Give him the secret. I said, what secret? The secret that when I tried to tell somebody, they said, oh, really? Bad things are happening to you? What'd you do to make them happen? I'm two, I'm six, I'm eight, I'm nine. I didn't do anything. Bad things are happening to me. In the middle of the night, bad things are happening to me. Oh no, nothing's happening to you. Why do you make up lies? Every time you get in trouble, you want to make up a story. We know that ain't happening to you. That don't happen to you. You're the daughter of Ray Charles. If that was happening to you, somebody would tell me. I'm trying to tell you. I'm getting hurt in the middle of the night. Have your way, Jesus. My ladies in here, ladies, and some of you men even, God is talking to you right now. He's saying if you want to be free and be free indeed, give him your secret. Your secrets are devoted unto destruction. They say that one out of every three persons, I believe it's more, statistics say one, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Every one out of every three, as far as statistics have found, have a secret that they don't know how to live with. So they try to medicate it, pornicate it, Smoke-acated, sex-acated, beat-acated, alcoholic-acated, give him the secret tonight so that you can be free. It's between you and him and nobody else. It's going down. Because God said, Every single person in this room will leave here not being the same. Not by my might, not by my power, because I ain't got none. But the Holy Spirit is real and he is alive. Don't hide behind the word, I'm a Christian, and then have no power to do anything with it. We all say we're saved, where's the power? Because it sounds good to say I'm saved and I'm a Christian. But you still want to hold on to those old men ways, the old men mentality, and the old men things devoted unto destruction. That's why Achan buried the, he buried the things devoted unto destruction with the things that God had given him, with his own things. That's what you do when you hold on to the anger, the pain, the shame, and the secrets. You try to keep it in the same vessel as the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit cannot exist. Light cannot coexist with the dark. They don't even understand each other. Oh, Father God, have your way. This is the word, y'all. This is the word, y'all. This is the word. This is not Sheila's word. 
God said, give me your secrets if you want to be free. Then give me your abandonment issues you have for your father. I had abandonment issues. Every little girl wants to, be a da- wants to have their daddy. They want their father. My father, the world loved my father. But I didn't get to see my father. He said, I'll be a better father than your father could be if your father was all the way right. Give it to me. And then when you give me that, give me the resentment you got for your mama. Because I resented my mother because those men came up to my room and women. I was raped by women. And came up at the room at night and took from me things that didn't belong to them. And where were you, mama? Passed out on the floor because she had her own demons devoted unto destruction in her life. God said, give me the resentment for your mama because a child that honors her mother and father shall live a long life. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way, Jesus. Just come into this place and destroy the yokes. God, right now, pour out your Holy Spirit like a flood upon every heart in this place. Release, 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 release right now in the name of Jesus. Release right now in the name of Jesus. Release right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God said, Sheila, if you want to be free, give me all the bad stuff. Give me everything inside of you that is devoted unto destruction in your life. Give me all the hurt, all the pain, all the sadness, all the sorrow, the uh, sexual abuse, the abandonment issues. You shame. Give me all your bad stuff and let me come in and fill you up with all my good stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me fill you up with my good stuff. I thought that was a mission impossible. Amen. Is that your honey boo baby? That's her honey boo baby. Y'all look at them. They're so cute. And you love her, don't you? And she'll say, baby, I love you. Give me all your good stuff and take all my bad stuff. And because the whole church is watching, he's going to say, okay, honey. (laughs) You know, we'll do things in church we won't do outside. He'll say, okay, but the minute he takes all her bad stuff and it starts to get down all in his throat and his back and his stomach. And he's going to say, baby, take this bad stuff back because I don't want it. Because he's a man. Because he can't do for her what only God can do. He can't take the shame. He can't take her pain. He can empathize. He can do. And as much as you love him, just because you're a woman, she can't do it either. As strong as we are, we we can do a lot. But I can't take, I love my husband. Because he is the greatest gift God has ever given me. Along with my children. But he... I can't take his stuff, his bad stuff. I can't do for him what only God can do. God said, Sheila, give me all your bad stuff. I'll fill you up with all my good stuff. And then I'm going to send you around the world to talk about it. I said, no, you ain't. I ain't going to go around the world and talk about how the crack baby's gone. What? I'm not going to go around and tell people my bad stories and tell people what I did and the sexual abuse of my mama and my dad. I'm not telling them. God said, yes, you will, because obedience is greater than sacrifice. 
He said, yes, you will, because I'm not saving you for you. Somebody in this room thinks that God is saving them for them. It's not even about you. It's about him and his glory. And it's about you being able to go around the world and tell somebody there ain't no pit of hell he can't reach down and pull them out of. 